Hey everybody, welcome to the Sofa Eclectic. I'm your host, Diana Collins, and I want to welcome you all back. If this is the first time you're visiting, welcome, welcome. Thank you for taking the time out to be a part of the Soulful Tribe. If you are returning, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for the continued support and um, the continued sharing of information. Also, the continued feedback that I've been getting, so thank you so much. Um, today is just one of these episodes where I had something that was heavy on my heart and on my mind that I wanted to share with the community and it's something that the community is facing day in and day out. In light of the COVID, I think it just resurfaced a wound that was already festering that um, it, it, they, somebody would put a band-aid on it, a little ointment and hopefully it would heal but it just wasn't. So I know early on last season I talked about healthcare disparities and in, um, inequities within the healthcare system and within our communities and one of the things that um, is actually being out there that I watch that I see that I know just by being in healthcare is the decrease in the black and brown community coming into the facilities to get seen, the increase of health care issues that are affecting the black and brown community um, because of the lack of availability of health care or access to health care or just the trust in the health care system. So um, these, they, these, these issues, these health care issues are just running rampant within the community. And I often speak about advocating for yourself, advocating for your family, uh, and speaking up on issues that are affecting you. Because even though people may think, you know, these diseases affect us all the same, that is not true. When you are of different cultures, the background, different, different ethnicities, there are some differences that um, we need to pay attention to when it comes to taking care of ourselves and our health, both mind, body, and soul. And this is something that I am teaching um, to my nursing students as far as having that cultural competency when you're taking care of your patients on a day-to-day -day basis. And this is something that us as providers have to keep in mind when we're taking care of our, our patients on a day-to-day -day basis, customers, consumers, clients, residents, whatever name you want to give it, um, we have to be conscientious of the cultural differences and the ethnicities of our patients, as well as the age and things of our patients that um, can hinder the treatment plan, or we need to adjust the treatment plan based on those cultural needs. And you know what, even to throw in there those religious needs, right? Um, because we do have some conditions that you, we need to be mindful of that patients need to take care of themselves during times of fasting and times of, of you know, um, different religious practices that we practice. So it's just one of those things that we really, really, really have to be conscientious of. And it's something I wanted to share with the community. Now, what brought this about was that I actually sat and watched the indie documentary on black men in white coats. And um, it brought a lot of things back to surface, a lot of things that I'm teaching currently in not only in my classroom, but also in the community is that the reason the reasoning behind the distrust for healthcare, the reasoning behind the distrust in um, our doctors and in the government 
and a, a lot of things people don't realize or maybe they realize it and just decide that it's not of an issue or of a worry or of a concern but it's still out there and that's something that we need to address and need to bring back to the table continuously because if we do not we're going to continue to have this healthcare disparity and inequity in healthcare so the first thing that comes to mind for me when watching the black men in white coats is that yes there is a larger number of black women in white coats than there are black men the number is declining so um in in talking about that in the community and the healthcare disparity and inequity that we're facing um, is that we as a black and brown community would love to see our, our physicians that look like us. Same thing I talk about in the classroom. I want to see more students that look like me in my classroom. Um, and it is, it's disheartening when I don't. Like this semester, I literally have two African-American students and um, the remainder are 90% white American. And then I have some um, Mexican-American, Latina, uh, Brazilian. It, it then becomes a mix, right? Um, I have some Asian but um, a majority of my class is always going to be the white Americans. So, which again, it all is demographic because I know if I worked in another part of the state, there, you know, I'm going to get a larger population of African-American students. So it all is demographics as well. So I always have to keep that in mind. But um, anyway, got off topic, sorry. Um, back to black men in white coats and our doctors, right? So that's one of the things that when I talk to patients, when I ask why has this condition gone so long, left untreated, and they they just say, it. one, I, I can't find a doctor who looks like me, who understands what I'm going through, who understands my living conditions, who understands, you know, how difficult it is for me to get to doctor's appointments and things like that. That is a huge issue that a lot of our urban community is facing. Now, you can say urban, you can say ghetto, you can say hood. Whatever terminology you want to use, sometimes I have to apologize because I am not politically correct. I was born and raised in the ghetto, hood, whatever, and I, you know, I use terminology sometimes, even with the best of my education, that is um, sometimes not politically correct, right? So um, if any term I utilize offends anyone, that is not my intention. I do not talk with malice in my heart. I'm talking to educate and bring knowledge to the community. So back to um, what I was saying with the urban community, the problem is in the urban community, we don't have doctors that look like us, right? Um, we often speak about health uh, food deserts. And uh, if you are, are unaware what food deserts are, food deserts are uh, the lack of reputable or good grocery stores and urban areas or inner city areas. So um, we fall into those food deserts where we have the uh, local bodegas, as we call them in New York, but the corner stores of the small little shops that are selling food products, but there's some more processed food, not a lot of fresh food, 
and the prices are usually 100% markup than what you would get at your local grocery store. Um, so yes, yeah, so some of our, most of our uh, patients who are not receiving that healthcare um, are living in these food deserts, but you know, they're also called uh, healthcare deserts as well. Uh, and one of the things that I noticed and conscientiously noticed and paid attention to was as I drove through where I live here in, in Arizona and drove through into Phoenix, into the inner city of Phoenix, I literally watched a decline of not only grocery stores, but also of healthcare facilities that are available to those in the community. Now, where I live, there are several different uh, hubs, I like to call them urgent care hubs, where you can get healthcare, right, in an in, in emergency, or urgent care, right? If it, when it's urgent, so that non-emergent, urgent type treatment, um, we have several of them, just going into just before you get to the highway, right? Um, but as you go into the inner city of Phoenix, you start to see that dwindle. They're not um, as many, if any, in some areas, and the distance between where the um, the homes and the housing situations are and where healthcare um, hubs are located is a great distance. And if you don't have transportation, it's very difficult to get to those facilities. So how often do you think you, a, a person living in those conditions are going to go see their healthcare provider? It takes a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of money, time off work to go see our providers. Now, in the light of the pandemic, it is a little easier to, because we have uh, telehealth now. We're trying not to have the patients in the office as much, so a lot of offices are doing telehealth. Now, with that, there comes another issue of access, right? So what if the individual does not have access to internet or uh, a computer or a cell phone, how are they gonna do telehealth appointment? So there goes another glitch in the system. But anyway, back to the black men in white coats. So when I had this talk in the community before uh, COVID, I my last um, community discussion was about healthcare and healthcare advocacy. And one of the questions that uh, one of the gentlemen posed to me was, how can I find a doctor that looks like me? The white doctors do not understand why I don't want to come in and have my prostate checked. They don't understand why I don't have these open, candid conversations with them about my healthcare, my healthcare needs, my healthcare issues. And um, I find that um, what I have to tell them is that you have to be that advocate for yourself. Okay, yes, there are far few between doctors that look like us. L there's less in the internal medicine, but when it comes to mental health, there are far less of us, of, of practitioners that look like us in also the mental health field. So that's another whole soapbox that I can get on um, with that. But uh, we have to take... I don't want to say take what we can get, but in in looking out for ourselves, we are number one, right? We are the primary caregivers for ourselves. So we 
have to stand up and advocate for ourselves. So in the event that you are unable to find a physician that looks like you, you still have to get your needs met. So that's where you speaking up and advocating for yourself will come into play where you have to be knowledgeable about what's going on with you and also what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And this goes back to the um, earlier episode in season one when I talk about understanding your baseline and your health. Man, that speaks volumes. You have to know what makes you feel good and what has you operating at optimum and then what brings you down and what makes you perform less than stellar and what's going to help you get back to that optimum level of functioning. Um, If you don't know that, going in to see these doctors is not going to be helpful for you no matter what color they are because at the end of the day, you have to know you inside and out because no one can tell you about you but you. Okay, we can only help you keep you healthy based on the information that you provide. That's that. Um, so unfortunately, yes, there is that, that divide in healthcare. So how can we change that? Right. So I, one way that I find that I'm trying to help that and make those changes is going into the community, having these discussions is creating this podcast to have these discussions, right? And also to bring the information out, not only to the community, but also when I'm in the classroom teaching, teaching the new nurses about the importance of culturally competent healthcare and how important it is and the amount of, oh my goodness, I didn't know that that was important is astounding. And it it really shouldn't be because just knowing where um, people's mindsets have gone as we have evolved as humans, um, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised that that they are taking back that that actually plays a part in healthcare and treating a patient. But it does. It really does. Um, also, it goes to us standing strong and teaching again our kids that. You can do whatever it is that you want. Everything that we do in life does not have to stem around being um, playing basketball and football and being out in entertainment, which is not a bad thing because, you know, I'm in the entertainment industry as well. But um, first and foremost, I'm an educator, healthcare provider, and um, that's one of the things that I want. I really, really want to stress is that we as um, individuals are responsible Right. And then also looking at our education and where we are in our education. And and I have to say, if you live in an inner city and um, in the urban communities, yeah, education is going to be scattered because for the black and brown community, they feel that they shouldn't have to educate us as well as some of our counterparts. And also um, we our school systems have decrease resources based on where you are in the community, which is why, if you guys remember growing up, your zip code matters, right? Your zip code matters not only for food deserts and healthcare deserts, but it also matters for education. Blank point. Where you are across that that train track really does matter. And so we as parents fight really hard to get our kids in, in good school districts for the simple fact that we know that the education is going to be what drives them because they can take a lot of things away from us as human beings. But when you have knowledge, knowledge is power. 
okay? No one can take that away from you, right? Unless you, again, have some kind of healthcare issue that wipes that part out of your brain. But other than that, your education is your education, right? So um, that's one of the things that I, I, I definitely want to say about that. And also, when we know that education is not stellar in our communities, that's where we as um, parents and as a community need to step up and say, okay, during the summer, read an extra book, learn this. You, we are the supplement and we have to take that onus on and build our community, build our children. And that's one of the things that um, I, I feel may help bridge that gap and, and increase the number of black men and women in white coats because we do need more doctors that look like us and that's in the black and brown community because no one knows how to treat us except us right because no matter how much you want to read a book it is really hard for our um other counterparts to really understand how we function how we work um, I, I like that um, they, the, the, one of the doctors mentioned in the uh, Black Men in White Coats uh, documentary that uh, I, don't, I, I don't know those nonverbals that um, those in the Black and Brown community um, possess. Like, I can only go but so far in their treatment. This was a white physician. And I was like, wow. That is so true because based on nonverbals, I I can pick up whether or not my patients are understanding or getting or what I'm saying, whether or not my students are getting what I'm saying just based off the nonverbal facials and the head nods and things like that. So it really does make a difference um, in understanding the, the cultural piece of an individual. And that's one of the things I share with, with um, the community that just based off of living and being raised in New York, I've learned from that huge melting pot the different mannerisms from different cultures just by observing them in different atmospheres. Right? And then from a healthcare perspective, understanding how to treat them based on their cultural needs, based on their religious needs is um, one of the things that we have to understand as healthcare prof professionals. And one of the things we want to share with the community is that share with your healthcare provider what it is that you need from a cultural perspective, right? Let's help teach them to be better. Don't just let them off the hook by saying, well, I'll just go find a doctor that looks like me. No, teach them because they're going to continue to see faces that look like us. And why, why get them off the hook, right? Make them learn and understand that, hey, you're, you're providing care to a population um, of black and brown individuals. You need to understand how we operate. You need to understand how um, our mannerisms work. You need to understand how to better get us to understand the importance of adhering to uh, medicated, uh, medication treatments and so forth and so on. So it's just one of those things that, um, yeah, that I got from 
the whole conversation of black men in white coats. Um, and yes, there are more women in white coats, uh, and that's a great thing. And that's basically based on all the feminist movements that come into play and then, you know, being African-American that comes into play. But um, yeah, it's one of those things that you have to work hard towards and, and strive for. So I just wanted to share um, that today and, and, and bring that to light that start thinking about how to better cultivate our, ourselves, our children to understand healthcare. Understanding healthcare, understanding youth is going to be vital in bringing forth um, and closing that healthcare equity that we are currently facing today. Um, and with the COVID-19, that has also brought up other issues that people are unaware of. And my mom actually sent me an article from New York because she's, she's in New York still. And um, she was saying how the with the immunizations, the COVID immunizations, they're finding that a lot of the African-American um, community, the black and brown community, aren't getting immunized. And, um, someone, a friend of mine asked me, why is that? You know, why, why they don't, they see that they're the most affected. Um, why wouldn't they jump on that opportunity to get the free vaccine? And I said, do you guys remember the Tuskegee experiment where, you know, they allow disease process to run syphilis run rampant in black men and women and, um, black men and, um, say that they were treating them when they weren't really treating them. They were watching the course of the disease run rampant. Um, and if you have not heard of the Tuskegee experiment, please do your due diligence and um, review that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so with that, African-Americans, black and brown community have this innate distrust for not only the government, but healthcare individuals. Okay, and this piggy's backs, piggybacks off of what I was saying earlier about, you know, trusting that white doctor or that Indian doctor what, what you, or that Asian doctor, whatever, that doctor that doesn't look like you, okay, um, blank point, they're not going to understand that we have an innate distrust for medicine. We have an innate distrust for the government. So it really is hard to get us to understand the value in an immunization, right? Because we're going to feel like we're being subjected to more studies and testing, right? Based on off of the government and what we've experienced in the past. With, so with that understanding, with that innate distrust, um, we have to do more education with the community to help them understand that the importance of the vaccine, but also going back to the importance of the vaccine, but also the importance of taking care of the health care that the health care needs that they per currently possess, because that plays a part in it as well. Now, am I out there saying everyone go out there and get the vaccine? No, I am not advocating for one way or another. Let's put me put that out there. But I'm just talking about the conversation I had with a friend who wanted to understand why the black and brown community were not running out to get the vaccine. Um, also, I said, you, you just got to understand that, that innate distrust for 
that government. I said, and also not only the Tuskegee experiment, we've been experimenting on for everything because it's been thought of back in the past that one, we're inhuman and two, that we don't feel pain. So back in a lot of the current healthcare um, breakthroughs that we have were off the backs of African-American slaves, right? Um, we have the founder of gynecology. He experimented on his female slaves and surgeons, psych, all these things. Women were the, the, the big ones for a lot of psych hysteria, right? So we have this distrust, but with that, we have also have to do our due diligence and our own research. And that's where having that healthcare literacy understanding comes into play. That's where it is reaching out and having those candid conversations with someone that you do trust that is in the healthcare field and reaching out and asking the important questions on my health and healthcare needs. But but the other thing I wanted to share is that it extends past the black and brown community. It just speaks to having culturally competent care in everything we do. Every culture brings something different to the table. Every culture has a different health care need that the provider needs to be aware of when taking care of that individual. So, yes, I'm having this conversation about the black and brown community, but it extends way past that. It extends to every cultural and the cultural needs of that um, individual. And that's where we've lost sight of healthcare in healthcare is not meeting the cultural needs of the patients that we are taking care of and not understanding that that is a huge, it plays a huge part in having our patients follow up, having our patients actually come in to be seen when situations arise instead of waiting until the situation is escalated and exacerbated. So um, yeah, it's, it's these conversations that we need to have and we need to start having them now. Talk to your grannies, talk to your uncles and aunts, ask them when was the last time you went to see your doctor and when was the last time you had your screenings done. Ask the questions. Check in on your mental health for not only yourself, but also your family members. How are you feeling? Have you been outside? Have you gone for a walk? How long have you been in the house? When was the last time you talked to this person and that person? Talk to each other. Our needs are not being met, and we need to start, one, taking accountability for ourselves, and then extending out that accountability and making other people be accountable for their behavior and for the skill set that they're on. Because if they're coming into our communities to take care of us, they need to know us. They need to treat us. They need to meet us where we are. And it begins with us knowing ourselves. So with that, I want to say thank you guys for being a part of the conversation. Continue the conversation. And please, if you have any feedback, please let me know. I'm happy to talk to anyone. Um, I also have a consulting uh, business that I do where I go out and consult in the community to help teach about healthcare needs and awareness, both in um, the black and brown community and, and also teaching the white community on how to take care and, and be more um, in tune to the black and brown communities that they are caring for. But not only that, but also I come into the communities to also help educate um, 
adults and youth on their health care needs and so that they are aware. And if we can start with them being young, teaching them how to uh, be in tune with their bodies, then as they grow as adults, it just continues to uh, grow. And also I reach out into the LGBTQ community also because our needs in that community are different. Um, I don't want to say they're different. They're the same, but um, we need to address them differently. And that's one of the things also that's being missed. And I want to also extend my uh, resources out on that. So I do uh, consult in the LGBTQ community and also teach facilities to uh, educate facilities on how to care for individuals that are in the LGBTQ community. So I want to thank you all for being a part of today's episode. And I'm sorry, this is like little quick clicking noise. I think my computer is dying on me. So um, I need to invest in a new computer apparently. But thank you guys again for being a part of the Soulful Tribe. And I look forward to hearing from your feedback. Again, please check on your community, your family, your friends and each other. Feel free to email me at dc at thesoulfuleclectic.com and you can reach me on Facebook, uh, DC Soulful Eclectic. I have both the private group and the open page and also I'm located on Instagram and again you can find me on all social media as well as all of the platforms for podcasts. And again, I just wanted to thank you all for being a part of the Soulful Tribe. Namaste.